Hey guys, welcome back to Modify Lifestyle. I am your host, Andrew. And it's your boy, Ranch. And to get things started, this week, GMC has finally announced the new Hummer EV. Yeah, it was actually very anticipated. And uh, I mean, they gave little teasers about it in the last couple, couple of months. Not everyone knew what it was, but the one thing that they really put out there was that it was going to be electric, right? Which is completely off from what they usually do. This Hummer was a big bloated uh, a gas automobile and it was kind of just really slow. It was meant for off-roading and uh, the army used it a lot uh, for all their purposes. Besides that, uh, no one expected them to really go for an EV truck, right? Because it's not something that a Hummer stands by. So GMC moving towards a all-electric uh, pickup truck kind of thing is really different and it's honestly away from what they usually do. Yeah, they're definitely looking into the future with this car, especially because when this car releases and like maybe when it fully releases and maybe like the next two three years you know we're gonna see a huge market for electric vehicles so that's probably why they decided to jump on the ev train with this mm-hmm. car yeah and in my opinion i think it's a really good idea especially for especially because they're kind of rebranding the hummer now like before the hummer it was like its own company you know they had hummer and then they had their other like models like the h1 h2 h3 and they had like pickup truck variants of it and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but now it looks like you know they're branding the hummer under the gmc brand mm-hmm. so now it's going to be called the gmc hummer essentially yeah which again it's much more different uh but i kind of see the same thing right everyone that knows cars knew that it was built by gmc anyways right so it, nothing too different but i think just the, the logo is going to be different that's it we're going to start off with like the design because that's probably like the most interesting part about the car itself and that's kind of what a lot of people are you know looking for when they're mm-hmm. purchasing a car like this yeah one of the biggest things about this it's it's the same a similar sizing really big really bloaty again it's american and it screams Hummer, honestly. Yeah, it honestly does. It, yeah. Like, I, I'm actually shocked that they were able to keep a lot of those distinct Hummer design aspects from the original Hummers mm-hmm. into this new EV. Yeah. And, you know, they did a really good job of combining, like, the old with new modern styling and technology with this truck. Right. I feel, though, that it's more built for off-roading. Just from first looks, right? It, it, it Honestly, with the big tires and all, all that, I think that uh, uh, comparative to the old one, this one is it looks more it looks like it can do more i mean it's the size is pretty big still right but it doesn't look like it's gonna be a snail it it actually looks like it can actually move and it can actually tow stuff with it yeah it definitely looks like a capable truck no Mm -hmm. doubt probably one of like the biggest changes from this hummer is that now it's officially a pickup truck so before the hummer it was an suv and they had pickup truck variants of it but as of right now you know they've only announced pickup truck variant of it and Mm -hmm. they're probably going to keep it that way to be honest i think like the pickup truck it kind of fits the hummer a lot better than an suv did yeah but i I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they made a variant for that crowd that likes their uh, suvs as well I can definitely see uh, if the if the army decides to buy some of these, they would want a, a, an SUV version of it as well, right? I don't think their uh, Hummer is really like limited to what they're gonna build. I mean, as you said, they did make this uh, it, the Hummer, uh, the older versions, uh, as a pickup truck variant. But I feel like they're they're definitely gonna look at the SUVs market as well. Especially for like military applications, you know, mm-hmm. I I definitely see in the future if the military does decide to purchase some of these for their use, you know, they probably will be making them or like custom making them to like whatever they specify. But one thing to note too is that like it's a pickup truck, but they haven't really 
marketed it or kind of explained a lot of like the pickup truck aspects of the truck itself so like mm-hmm. it looks like there's a fairly small bed on the truck yeah um i would say probably like less than six feet which is kind of like a standard in pickup trucks these days mm-hmm. um which is i mean it's not bad but like for a truck like this it's mainly designed for off-roading it's not for like a work site or for like construction all that kind of stuff it's mm-hmm. mainly built for off-roading yeah i think the the one of the most notable noticeable change from the older models is the front end of this truck right i mean if they've still kind of kept the hummer logo and the badging uh at the front like they did in the old ones but they added a you know a full out light at the front uh i think this is very futuristic and uh, the styling really is in keen with the modern technology that this truck actually puts out yeah so obviously being an electric car you know there's no really use for a grill in a car like this yeah so they kind of made use of that and you know they made essentially a full light bar in the front of the truck Mm -hmm. which utilizes the headlights and the middle part of where a grill would be mm-hmm. which is where the hummer badge is i think uh, i think something about the lights uh that's really cool one they kept the the back light styling similar to the old ones which again uh, what you said before uh, they've kept certain parts of this truck in this one as well so the styling is similar yeah and because of like the the drivetrain of the car there's a lot more storage so because they're it's kind of built for off-roading you know this truck it's like fully upgraded i would say in my own words like they don't say that specifically but from what i'm reading it looks like they've added essentially all the features that you'd want in an off-roading truck so like the underbody of the car it's fully protected you know there's armor you know they have a lot of other features we're going to get into about that and even like the front it's like um it's a full metal bumper so like you're not gonna rip this thing off if you scrape it you know Mm -hmm. it's it's whatever in a truck like this people don't really care about that kind of stuff and they also have like specially engineered tires just for the car Mm -hmm. so it kind of shows you that you know gmc has put a lot of research and development into this car especially for off-roading purposes and i'm sure they've uh, taken the time to actually develop this i mean how long has the the hummer actually been out of the market right i mean I, I i think it's been closer to like 10 years right yeah i think so right i mean i think everyone remembers when they said okay we're not making the hummer anymore because no one wants to buy a gas guzzler which made sense no one no one really wants to spend the crazy amount of money to fill this thing up but it being electric i think that's what really is going to attract a lot of people because people really love the hummer truck right but they didn't love paying for the uh, gas and everything so this will really attract those people back into buying a hummer yeah i think the gas was like a huge issue with like the old hummers you know like randall said they're basically gas guzzlers you know they use a lot of gas they're big trucks big engines so it makes sense and that's probably why gmc decided to go ev as well with this truck because they know a lot of people didn't buy it because of that Mm -hmm. right so this is probably going to attract a whole different crowd of people in a good way and it looks like they're kind of taking cues from like other off-roading trucks so like Mm -hmm. The Wrangler, the Gladiator, and the newly announced Bronco that we've seen this year. And they've kind of incorporated some of those features in this. Uh, most notably is the roof. So they're, they're calling it transparent sky panels. So essentially, there's four parts of the roof and every part of it can be removed individually. So if you want just the front roof removed, you can remove those two panels. And conveniently, they store in the front, the front of the truck, because there's no engine. Yeah, the front. So if you like that open air experience, you know, you can remove all the panels from the roof 
and you essentially get that with this and i mean it's kind of standard in like a truck like this especially for off-roading you know we've seen it with the wrangler for years now and the new bronco just announced it. even the old bronco they had it as well so i'm not surprised that that's that they kind of incorporated that mm-hmm. but it's definitely a really good feature especially for what they're marketing it towards yeah. and i i mean it kind of goes to show that gmc's really listen to their consumers and they're actually bringing something out that's pretty cool it's one of the first trucks to ever have a fully electric drivetrain and i think that's really important because this will actually help gmc get their platform out there this uh, you know i think this is coming out next year 2021 yeah i think the right? first the first model of it is going to be shipping right and uh, obviously they're going to go from there 2022 23 and 2024 they're going to release uh lower end models but i believe this this right here that uh we're actually the one we're talking about is actually their most expensive one and that's the reason why they're releasing this one first is to see if they can actually sell it yeah, and I think they're, they're also trying to like hype it up too. So right. by offering their most expensive variant first, you know, they kind of grab the market's attention, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, they've done a really good job at it because I think as of right now, the reservation's full. So you can't even reserve one exactly. of the first edition ones. Which goes to show there's a lot of demand for electric uh, pickup trucks even, right? Uh, a lot of people want them. Yeah, exactly. And I believe this is the first electric pickup truck coming to market. So I, I know a lot of people compare it to the Cybertruck. The Cybertruck, I think it's supposed to be released next year. Mm-hmm. But like with Tesla's history, it's probably going to be delayed. Yeah. So if they're lucky, they'll probably be the first electric mainstream mm-hmm. truck on the market. Yeah, uh, just from their website, it says that it's going to be released in fall 2021. So, I mean, it's a little late in the year, but I still think that this will, sp- I mean, it's it's fully reserved, right? So whoever reserves this uh, will a- essentially get it first. I can definitely see them opening it back up closer to, to fall 2021, especially if they haven't actually met their, met their quota and uh, they could, they'll actually start uh, releasing more of these. Yeah, but nonetheless... Let's get into some of the fun stuff. So the huge thing about this truck is the performance. So like we've seen in the past, a lot of like these electric car manufacturers, they just go above and beyond yeah. with their performance, right? Yeah. We've seen it with Tesla. We've seen it with Rivian, Lucid Air, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of other manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And GMC is probably like the first mainstream car company to release a high performance electric car. Like not even just like a truck, just like a car, like yeah. any car in general. Yeah. So the highest end Hummer EV GMC is claiming that it'll have a thousand horsepower and eleven thousand five hundred foot pounds of torque. That's crazy. It's actually insane. It's insane. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Th- those numbers are crazy for a pickup truck of this yeah. size too. Yeah. This thing can actually go zero to sixty in around three seconds, which again kind of goes to show the torque. Really impressive, nonetheless, for a big truck like this is. Uh, obviously, they haven't released what it weighs or anything like that. But nonetheless, this is very impressive. Yeah, it's definitely a huge truck. And to be able to push numbers like that from a car this size is like insane, especially for GMC. Like they don't have like a huge share in like the electric market right now. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they're able to release a truck like this as their first big mass production, probably electric car is impressive. So for electric cars, this Hummer is actually run, run with three motors and is estimated to do 350 miles range when charged yeah so this is kind of on par with the market the general market right now with a lot of like the suvs and cars that we've seen 350 miles kind of like the general high-end model Mm -hmm. of like any other car so it's pretty good but like if you think about it like this is a huge pickup truck and that's really impressive for a truck of this size and the amount of power that i could put down 
All right, so moving on to some of the big features of the truck, they actually packed a lot of technology into this, which I'm actually surprised that we haven't seen a lot of the technology in this Hummer mm-hmm. in other cars, yeah. especially for off-roading capabilities too. Right. Like, we've seen it with the Bronco, you know, they introduced a lot of features, but even that, like, I'm surprised the market hasn't seen anything that the Hummer has done to this day. One feature that really stuck out to me is the underbody cameras. So mm-hmm. GMC claims that they're going to have up to 18 available camera views on this Hummer, and these these will be like basically all around the car you'll see like a 360 view and they're also going to have them underneath the body so one at the front one at the rear and obviously they're going to be waterproof and they also have a wash function so you know if you're off-roading and you get all muddy they'll automatically clean themselves which is crazy like i I didn't even know that existed yeah i I think they're really like keeping in mind that people will take this thing off-roading and when that happens they they still want to be able to clean them you know everything especially with the cameras they get when they get dirty you know the lenses mess up and everything so i think that's something that they're really looking at uh, especially for off-roaders this is this will be like a huge feature for them yeah honestly it seems like a no-brainer at this point you know yeah. um for clearance especially for off-roading you know people yeah. really look into this stuff you know i've seen a lot of off-roaders they usually use mirrors like all around the car but like the fact that there's cameras everywhere, including under the body, yeah. that's going to be a huge advantage for off-roading in this car. So like- I think the first thing that I thought about uh, when I thought about the undercam, a lot of us stance boys need this, especially people that are static. We really need this in our community. Uh, I think this is this could be like a, a game changer altogether, uh, especially for car people. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that'll be great. Like imagine like if you're like super low, a lot of people like are worried about scraping and all that. But like if you have cameras under the car, you could actually see if you're gonna scrape or not right but yeah i I think this is a really cool feature as well so another uh big feature uh for uh, especially for pickup trucks none i don't think any other uh, pickup truck actually has this feature is four-wheel steering uh i think this is a really cool feature especially for pickup trucks for anyone that has a big vehicle in general you know how hard it is to actually make like u-turns or turn in general right uh and this could really help uh this could be a game changer for all cars i know a lot of a lot of the older cars some of them had this already integrated in them but obviously they got rid of it because it wasn't very popular at the time but something that they actually released is the crab walk which uh is essentially it drives diagonally to get you out of certain situations where like you're kind of stuck uh and you have to go in a certain direction but if you go that direction then you're kind of screwed so then the diagonal driving uh, or the turning, I should say, it turns the wheels diagonally uh, so that you can actually get out of sticky situations. Yeah. So essentially this crab walk system, it turns all the wheels in the same direction. So obviously the front wheels have a larger turning radius, but the rear wheels, mm-hmm. they could turn up to 10 degrees in both directions. So mm-hmm. crab walk, it'll turn both wheels in the same direction and yeah, drive. You could essentially drive diagonally. So they kind of designed this for off-roading. So if you're off-roading and you're stuck where you can't turn in either direction, you know, you can enable this feature and it'll drive you out of it, essentially. One thing I noticed is that like when they announced this, a lot of people were really hyped about crab walking and how it's going to be easier to park and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like, I don't think they realize the capabilities of this. Like it's very limited. Yeah, I, it only turns like a certain amount of degrees. It's not like, you know, you can go 180 degrees and just park like sideways, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's very limited. And honestly, I think it's just going to become a meme at one point. People are just going to use it just to make fun of it on the internet. Yeah, I um, think so, yeah. I can definitely see that happening. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those like feature gimmicks like we've seen with Mercedes and like the the bounce mode on that, their GL. Yeah, that was very funny. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of like that. 
But another cool thing too is that they have this new extract mode. So all the Hummers, EVs, they all have um, adaptive air suspension. So mm -hmm. they could adjust the ride height depending on the situation or your drive mode. And extract mode essentially raises the car a total of six inches mm -hmm. off the ground. So you get an additional six inch clearance to get you over like large obstacles or, you know, if you're off-roading and you need more clearance, you're driving through water or something like that, you can get that extra height out of it, which is like really impressive. I've never seen a system that could raise the car six inches in total. Yeah, that's actually very cool. I mean, we've kind of seen it in the past with like a lot of other pickup trucks integrating that suspension in it. But I think this could be the next big thing. I, I have never seen a pickup truck raise six inches clearance, which is really impressive. Uh, it goes to show that they're actually keeping off-roaders in mind because the terrain can be really uh, difficult to get over. So the interior of the car, it's interesting, I would say. They're saying that it's kind of like luxurious, but I mean, it's a Hummer. I don't really see a Hummer being luxurious, mainly because it's built for off-roading. Yeah. But like, nonetheless, they do have a lot of technology built into this car. Obviously, you know, with the newer cars, we see screens everywhere. So it has one screen for the driver's view, which shows like your speedometer, your speed, all other information. Mm -hmm. And then it has another screen, which is very large. I think it's a 12-inch screen. Yeah. And it's kind of like your infotainment center and has all your climate controls and all that kind of stuff on it. Yeah. And they also integrated this new Super Cruise feature. So I think early on, or I think... Cadillac has had this on the Escalade for a couple of years now, yeah. but like Super Cruise, it's essentially like an autopilot, so the car can drive itself. You know, it can change lanes, uh, stay in the lane, make turns, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, mainly designed for highway driving. It's not really for like city streets. It's not like a full autonomous system. Right. But nonetheless, it's years ahead of technology that we're seeing in cars right now. Yeah, most definitely, and I, I think that's really impressive for a big pickup truck like this. I mean, we've seen a lot of pickup truck drivers really not know how to drive them. Uh, they're huge, they're big, and a lot of them don't even know how to park. Like, I've I've parked beside a lot of pickup trucks that take up at least, like, two to three lanes because they don't know how to park, right? And just knowing that this truck has, like, the parking assist and everything that, like, you know, Chevy offers now and uh, even their Escalade and, uh, you know, their GMC Denali, uh, I think it's really cool to see that they're going to be integrating similar to this. They're going to also be integrating this into their Hummer, uh, which is really cool to see. And uh, thing about their interior, yeah, it, uh, I mean, it's very standard, right? That's what I feel. Yeah, honestly, interior is not that special. You know, there's nothing like huge that really stands out to me. But the real reason you're buying a Hummer is because of the capabilities, because of the looks of it. You know, interior really doesn't matter in a truck like this. No. And I think they kind of realize that too when they're kind of designing the interior. It's very mm -hmm. like standard. It looks like a pickup truck. It's, it doesn't. It basically looks like a standard pickup truck. Yeah. And by integrating, you know, all the features they need for an off-road car, mm -hmm. that's it does the job at the end of the yeah. day. I mean, it still kind of looks like it's rugged, right? It doesn't it doesn't seem like, you know, it's just going to uh, fall apart in like two years, right? Yeah, definitely. It definitely looks very durable for yeah. its design. The Hummer EV, yeah, uh, the Edition 1 is that's coming out next year in fall 2021. It's around $112,000. Very steep pricing for a pickup truck. But again, it's, it's very irregular to see a pickup truck with electric motors in it. Really one of a kind. But in fall 2022, they're going to be actually releasing the EV3X which is, again, around $100,000. But uh, it comes with less features. It comes in with three motors. And uh, they're going to be actually downsizing the horsepower to 800 and only 9,500 foot-pounds of torque. And then the year after, in, 20, in spring 2023, they're going to be releasing the EV2X. So this is like a downgraded two-motor setup of the Hummer EV. And that's going to be, and that's going to start at $89,000. And then a year after that, in spring 2024, 
they're also going to have an even more downgraded two motor setup of the hummer ev starting at seventy nine thousand dollars and these are all prices in us dollars mm -hmm. so in canada i could see this ranging from probably a hundred thousand to 150 maybe even more yeah so it's definitely a steep price yeah but like for the technology for the power again in this truck and for its electric drivetrain i think it's kind of understandable yeah, most most definitely. I can definitely see why they're pricing it like it like they are. And I mean, the kind of goes to show the edition one is already fully reserved, right? So people want it, right? I I'm pretty sure uh, real enthusiasts have been waiting for this truck to come out for a very long time. And just knowing that uh, what they're getting, uh, it's kind of already out there. Uh, I'm pretty sure this hypes up a lot of people, especially in the U.S. where this is in huge demand. Yeah, that's about it for the Hummer EV. Um, very cool truck. GMC, they're also calling this a super truck. So they're not. It, they're saying that it's not fast. It's super fast. Mm -hmm. I think it definitely deserves that name. Yeah, it's kind of cheesy, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. It deserves it. I can definitely see this thing coming out, really giving Tesla's Cybertruck a run for its money. All right, so next up, we have a new fastest car in the world record holder. So this past week, the first production model of the SSC Tuatara. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> so the, this actually beat the Koenigsegg Agera RS, which did a 277.9 miles per hour. And it did a 316.11 miles per hour. Yeah, so that's I believe that's 500 kilometers per hour, which is ridiculous I, th I think yeah. that's like the speed of like jets fly at <laughs> like yeah, to be honest yeah i think so yeah, yeah, yeah it's not like it had like really tight margins with like its competitors like it had a significant higher speed yeah. than the last record right and, and even before the coinseg agera rs you know bugatti has also been up there with the fastest car in the world mm -hmm. but like i think ssc they really set the bar high for hypercar builders and makers in the world so to get more technical with it, um, this is actually officially recorded by Guinness World Records. So you know this is like real. It's it's literally the fastest car in the world. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen other manufacturers kind of done their own speed runs. I think Bugatti has done one over 300 miles per hour. You mm -hmm. know, we've seen Koenigsegg do a little lower than that. Yeah. But those weren't actually official numbers. You know, they were mm -hmm. kind of just numbers recorded by the manufacturer right so that's why this is kind of like a big deal because it's because it's certified by guinness you know there were they did a couple different runs and some of the runs actually hit 330 miles per hour mm -hmm. but the official number is 316 miles per hour which is which equals to 508 kilometers per hour which is wild honestly wild. it's crazy it's actually. crazy yeah. yeah engine wise it's it's not like anything super impressive like we've seen with bugatti with their quad turbo setup and all that it offers a 1,750 horsepower with the V8 power plant. It's twin turboed. From my understanding, it also offers a manual transmission, uh, which is crazy for a hypercar. Uh, I don't think any other hypercar out there actually offers a manual transmission in any of their cars. Yeah, I've never seen like any modern supercar or even like hypercar offer something like that. Exactly. And the numbers aspect, it has 1,750 horsepower. Now that's with E85. Mm -hmm. So if you're using just pump gas on 91 octane, it gets 1,350 horsepower. 
which is actually still an insane uh, of so I mean, for a v8 too. exactly right i, I, I mean I, this isn't obviously not going to be street driven this is strictly for drags uh drag strip car or uh even racing right i definitely can't see this as a street car i mean the horsepower kind of explains why yeah so ssc they've actually been around for a while i know they've kind of been developing this car for its performance and all that kind of stuff so like i said before this was the first actual production car and the owner actually did this run to get the high speed record mm -hmm. and you know they plan on building 99 more of these cars i'm not too sure how you could purchase or reserve one mm -hmm. um, but if you go to their website you can see more information about that mm -hmm. and they also have plans to build and produce lower end models so like i don't want to say slower because it's still a fast car yeah but like a less tuned car to this right. more magnitude. street version of it yeah exactly a more like a more practical supercar so moving on um so i'm sure people are are getting ready for the winter a lot of people know about the uh, you know the winter in canada it gets pretty harsh up here but we've actually been seeing a lot of people uh, getting ready to store their cars. So this actually makes a lot of sense for car people that put a lot of time and money into their builds. Essentially uh, are getting ready to store them so that the winter doesn't tear up their cars. But what we're really going after today is we've actually seen people store cars that don't en entirely need to be stored in the first place. Whether it be like, oh, it doesn't have enough stuff done to it or it's just a normal car honestly yeah i've noticed this like over the past couple of years in the car community following a lot of car builders and car enthusiasts on instagram and yeah like we've seen this like a lot and i don't know i don't really understand it like i know people they want to protect their pride and joy you know they put a lot of work into it and all that kind of stuff um it kind of comes from that meme uh, i think i sent it to you before it's like those four bugattis driving in like a snowstorm yeah and then it's like remember this when you store your five thousand dollar project car yeah yeah for for some project cars it actually makes sense because for like static builds and stuff like that it kind of makes sense like you're just gonna be skiing everywhere right yeah exactly essentially but if you have an all-wheel drive car that's built for the snow what is actually the point of storing your car yeah like i think last year we had ruben our good friend on the podcast and i don't know if this made the cut but he was telling us that when he knows someone who has a leased all-wheel drive car i'm not going to release too much information in case yeah. like you guys catch on yeah. but it's at least all-wheel drive car yeah. it's modified yeah. and he stored it for the winter because he didn't want it to get damaged by like the salt or something <laughs> <laughs> it for made no sense First thing I'm going to point out, it's fucking leased. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't make sense. You're going to return the car in like like two, three years anyways. Yeah, right? it's not even your car. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even your, under your name. Like, what are you storing it for? Like, you're literally saving it for the dealership to sell it forward to so that it actually saves the value of it, right? Which doesn't make sense. Yeah, I would get it. Like, if you have a, a fairly nice car and you want to kind of keep it in good shape if you plan to resell yeah. or something like that, right. you know, it makes sense to store yeah. your car. You don't want it to get damaged from the winter or anything like that. But like... I've seen people who have all-wheel drive cars and they're static. They're not even that low. They're kind of just like, it's yeah. kind of like a daily static thing. Right. And they store their car and they have to pick up a winter beater or something. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, there's so many other alternatives out there that you can do to your car so that you can still drive it. Right. And then people, uh, I've actually seen this personally as well. They start like shitting on, on their, on the winter beater too. It's like, okay, we get it. Like the car is already a piece of shit. Right, you bought it so that it would take you through the winter. But then you're like taking it drifting. You're like, you know, beating the shit out of it to like its last leg. And then all of a sudden, now you don't have a winter beater anymore. Yeah, and then they kind of <laughs> complain that their car is a piece of shit or something. Yeah, when they, they literally did it to it. They were just a shitty owner. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and we, we see it. We see it a lot too. Like a lot of people just they pick up winter beaters just for the winter, and then they yeah. sell it at 
the end of the season. Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with clout, to be honest. Uh, a lot of people really getting a winter beater uh, just so that they can follow that whole trend of storing your car. Really doesn't make sense. Uh, we all know that you could have driven your damn car through the winter. Yeah, I think, like, I agree with you. I think it's just a trend yeah. um, for car enthusiasts, you know. In general, literally any car you can drive through the winter. Yeah. Like, all-wheel drive, front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive. I've seen it all. We've seen it yeah. all. I know rear-wheel drive is super popular yeah. for driving in the winter just because you can have so much fun with it. Yeah. But, like, I've seen people who just store their rear-wheel drive cars and yeah. get, like, a front-wheel drive car. Yeah. Which, I mean, I give them credit. You know, rear-wheel drive is not for everyone. A lot of people enjoy it, but a lot of people hate it. I mean, I, I personally, I have a, a, a rear-wheel drive car, and I can tell you one thing. I've driven it last year. It wasn't too bad. I went got through, you know, the storm part, uh, mainly because we used to just drive our other SUV to work. But yeah, when I when I had to, I have driven it when I can. Obviously, taking keeping in mind, you know, that salt will ruin it. But I'm not babying it. I, like, when I need the car, I will drive it, right? It's like, if a storm happened today, and I needed the car today i'm driving through the storm unfortunately that's the fact of it yeah exactly and that's kind of why you buy a car right yeah. you buy it to drive to get places and all exactly. that kind of stuff but right. like or there's also that meme where like you have a stance car turns into a show car and then you need a daily mm-hmm. and then your daily becomes a stance car as well mm-hmm. right and we've seen that meme a lot and yeah. i mean in canadian culture that doesn't really happen here you know people don't do a whole lot of mods to where the car is not drivable anymore. We, we mainly see that in the U.S. culture. Mainly because, they're, uh, first of all, their streets are a little bit better than ours. Which makes it more drivable, to be honest. And another thing is, their weather is way better. They don't have to deal, through, deal with... I mean, obviously, some states do also get it. But a lot of uh, Canada is literally just snowed out. But yeah, I, I don't really think that... Uh, a lot of the stance stance boys here can do the same thing that the stance boys in the states can do, right? Where they actually have all the cars super static, uh, low to the ground, uh, and they're just driving it every single day because they can. Yeah, like I was saying, like the cars up here, they're a lot less modified in general compared mm-hmm. to the U.S. You know, yeah. because people know like the harsher climate over here, they have to drive it through winter and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people do like performance builds on their cars, yeah, and you know they don't want to kind of put that car through the winter because of you know the damage that could cause mm-hmm. from the snow and the salt and all that kind of stuff i get that performance cars are an exception because it's not really built for a daily it's mainly built for the track right but like i've seen people who have like stock cars even yeah that store them for the winter and they they're get... all drive like they have done zero mods to it yeah right it's on stock wheels yeah it doesn't make sense. I, I don't know. I don't get it. And their their excuses that oh I don't want to get winter tires or something or I don't want to raise the suspension. So 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 you're gonna go buy another car just so you 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 don't have to buy winter tires. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. It really yeah. doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I think the, the the GTA culture especially we're actually a little bit too privileged in the sense of our parents take too much care of us. And essentially, they, you know, buy us whatever we want. And I think a lot of, especially Brampton, Mississauga area, a lot of the kids out here that, you know, mod their cars nowadays, uh, it's really just full of that, right? And not even mod the cars. A lot of people that store their cars even. We've also seen that, right? They just store their cars uh, because their parents are going to buy them another car or they have their parents' car to drive to work. Another thing I've seen too is that people who store their cars for the winter and they end up getting like a beater mm-hmm. there's also like every car has a community right so like if you store your car and you go and buy like a 
an Acura mm-hmm. TSX or something, right? Mm-hmm. The whole TSX community is going to come at you and be like, the TSX is not a winter car. You can't drive it through the winter. Right. And I, I've seen that a lot. Like, people, like, th- there's no winning, literally. Yeah, there isn't. Like, whatever car you buy, whatever you're doing with your car, people are going to complain. People are going to bash on you yeah. just because they're doing something different than you. Goes to show there's some, like, I think the community is a, a bit toxic at this point uh, when it comes to that. I personally haven't seen that. There's always going to be uh, people out there that feel differently uh, about what a winter beater is, right? For a lot of us, a winter beater is something that you just thrash on, right? $500 car. You don't give a shit about it. You just like buy it to get through the winter. Hopefully it runs till then. Uh, but a lot of people, they actually spend the money, right? They'll actually buy a all-wheel drive car for like $10,000 and you know do all the proper maintenance on it. And they call it the winter beater, but really it's just the daily. And I think there's a huge difference between that. A lot of people are really getting it confused. Yeah, I agree. I think like there, there's definitely a fine line between a daily and a winter beater. But at the end of the day, I think the whole winter beater thing, you know, I need a winter beater. Mm-hmm. It's just a trend. I think it's just for social media, mm-hmm. just for clout. You know, people are just doing it so they can, you know, prove that their car is kind of show worthy or like to boost their ego that they don't want to like damage their precious car or whatever like that. Yeah. I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't know about you. I don't know about everyone listening. Yeah, that's just the way I see it. But yeah, thanks for coming to our roll session. I mean, we like to do it here and there. These are our opinions. If you like them, you like them. If you think they're funny, they're funny. Even if you still do it, go for it. We don't care. But yeah, don't get triggered, please. All right, so next up, we're going to be talking about our car of the week. So, you know, me and Ranja, we love our SUVs. We love mm-hmm. our bagged SUVs specifically. Yes, yep. And this car of the week is a tribute to that. So this is a bagged mercedes-benz glk 350 yeah so just looking at the owner's instagram you know there's a couple different variations of the car you know he's had he's gone through a lot of different wheels a lot of different colors as well Mm -hmm. at the moment it's it looks like it's wrapped in like this really nice wine red Mm -hmm. it's bagged on it looks like works cranes wheels Mm -hmm. which are pretty popular in the community you know you've seen these wheels on a lot of different cars and i've never seen them on an actual suv before and to be honest it looks really good i think it's very like uh I mean, it, it follows very original styling, right? Um, a lot we've seen a lot of cars in the style too. I I think we talked about the Volkswagen Tiguan uh, when someone in uh, in Ontario actually ended up bagging it um, on one of our podcasts. So I think this is very one of a kind and something that not everyone would think of doing. Um, obviously, this guy is a, a huge stance freak. Just looking on his page, uh, he has a bagged malibu as well very one-off build as well goes to show that this person really takes their stance very seriously again this this person lives in florida so again what we were talking about before anyone that lives in the states like southern states has the luxury to actually drive their cars every single day uh they don't really have to deal with crazy weather like canada especially in the winter so that it kind of explains uh the malibu is his like show car but yeah it, it really goes to show that people can really go above and beyond and create something completely amazing obviously this this is very vip styling uh with the wheels and the like you know the um the camber on it overall i think it's a really nice and clean build you know the the bags and the camber really kind of ties it together it looks really good on the wheels it has now mm-hmm. um like i said before he's gone through a lot of different wheels i think this combination with with the specs that he has right now and the color of the car it looks amazing but yeah that was our car of the week 
Again, we thank you guys for listening to our podcast every single week. Uh, really appreciate you guys. If anyone has any suggestions or any ideas for a topic, definitely hit us up at Northside Whips on Facebook and Instagram or email us northsidewhips at gmail.com. If you want to check out any of the stuff we talked about, we'll have everything linked down below in the show notes, including the car of the week. Che- definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's about it for today. Thank you again for listening every single week. We appreciate that so much. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.